What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 47 of Calling All Craft Beer. This will be my first ever episode recorded from the car, which is kind of weird. But uh, I'm actually on my way down to Trippin' Animals in Doral, Florida to pick up a couple four-packs of their last and latest release for a while, um, Hounds of Hades, which is a sour that they did with... Um, Crap, why can't um, Mortalis Brewing? So I'm excited to get that. And uh, it's crazy. The world is crazy right now. We got a lot of crazy stuff going on. So I'm not really going to delve too much uh, into beer. I'm going to talk a little bit about the last few that I picked up from Trip Animals that have been amazing. But um, not too many reviews on this particular show. So start off quick with the reviews as we get rolling down here to Trip Animals. It's about 40 minutes south of my house, and uh, with no traffic, it'll probably be a little bit quicker. Probably get down there in 25, 30 minutes. So, anyway, <laughs> let's dive into a couple of their new releases. So, I stopped by the other day and picked up. They have uh, two sours <clears throat> that uh, have been fantastic. The first one is uh, crap. Why can I not remember the names of these beers? Good grief. So, uh, okay. Uh, should have prepared better for this considering I'm driving. And for some reason, I can't think of the damn names of the beers. So, uh, eh, whatever. I will figure that out at some point along this journey and <laughs> let you guys know for sure. So, it's... Uh, little bit crazy my mind's kind of going a mile a minute and I'm driving so that kind of makes it funny but I kind of want to get some feedback from you guys on the post in regards to this particular episode and just see how you guys are feeling you know I mean right now with the world in uproar and craziness going on you know uh I don't want to see I want to kind of hear you know what what are you guys doing to keep active what are you guys doing to keep your heads on straight and not go crazy you know I know Especially in the United States right now, there's still a lot of places where everything feels pretty normal, you know, and like right now, for instance, in my area in Pembroke Pines, Florida, there's plenty of cars on the road. There's people walking around. Looks like predominantly most places are still open. Um, you know, we've definitely had bars and nightclubs have been shut down for 30 days. And then the governor has basically said that all restaurants are to limit capacity to 50%. So if they can have 200 people in their restaurant, they're only allowed to have up to 100 at a time with social distancing being a huge thing, you know, really making sure that people are staying away from each other. But they are genuinely encouraging um, restaurants to do, to encourage customers to do to go and take out orders or, you know, take out and delivery orders. So it's, uh, you know, pretty crazy for sure. There's a lot of nutty stuff going on. One of my buddies who's out in the UK is in Manchester and he actually said that London is locked down completely like to the point of just about martial law. They have like, you know, police officers, you know, stopping people from being out. You know, they're allowed to, they're allowed to shop for essential goods and they're allowed 10 minutes of essentially what we would consider to be like outside walking or free time of day, which I think is insane. And then you look at now essentially in at least within the london area they're shutting down shipping so now you won't even be able to order product from anywhere 
and have it delivered to your home because I guess they're saying that there's an extended life of the virus on cardboard, which could cause more spread and more contraction of the virus. So lots of crazy shit going on. And, you know, I don't want to spend this entire show talking about the virus. I really want to focus on, you know, I saw something today that really hit home for me hard. And it was a good thing that, you know, it was a Bible verse where, you know, God talks about, you know, that the devil will bring a plague among men and, you know, will cause division and economies to be, you know, destroyed and things like that. But then it talks about on the flip side of that, that God will restore families and bring people, you know, help people to look to him and to, you know, to to take their eyes off their worldly possessions and money and things like that. And I kind of am looking at this whole situation as kind of a cultural reset, if you will, you know, to the point where I think we've all gotten so accustomed to this fast paced life that we all live, you know, that it's, you know, people living on credit, which we've talked about in the past, people, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and social media and all the crazy stuff that's going on like that, that families have legitimately suffered, you know, to the point where it's almost like a lot of parents, especially are more concerned with being financially successful and stable than they are with actually being parents and being there for their children, which was a huge wake up call for me. And I know you guys, you know, can recall in previous episodes, me talking about, you know, working from home and how it's really changed my life that, you know, despite taking, you know, somewhat of a pay cut and making less, it's been a huge, you know, benefit to my family because I'm now, you know, there for my kids. I mean, I take my girls to school every day. I pick them up. I'm well, now school is my house, (laughs) you know, but up until this point, I was taking them to school every day, picking them up and just spending a lot more time with them, helping them with their homework, cooking for them. Mom's at work, you know, stuff like that. And it's pretty awesome. You know, when you look, when you go from being the type of dad who was never there and I don't, I mean, I wasn't that I was never there, you know, I was there weekends, I was there evenings, but a lot of times I would come home and basically just get a chance to give them a kiss goodnight and they'd already be in bed. So it, uh, it's, it was refreshing, you know, for me to kind of take a step back and reevaluate my situation and, and be able to be in this position to work from home and do it in such a way where it's been a really positive thing for my kids, for my wife, for just our family in general, our whole dynamic, our relationships have gotten better. You know, it's been, it's just really cool how the whole thing has worked out. And I think that this is ultimately going to be a cultural reset for people in general. You know, a lot of us that are not used to, you know, these family dynamics and things like that, that are, you know, that are going on and they're going to, you're going to be forced, you know, you are, you are forced at this point to spend more time with your family, spend more time with your kids, spend more time with your spouses. You know, it's going to, we're going to revert to, you know, going on walks with our family to get to get outside and get some fresh air and some exercise and just really finding ways to entertain our children and keep them happy. I mean, my kid's school has been canceled through the rest of the year. And I know not everybody is in that same situation. There still are some, uh, states and counties that are saying, you know, April 15th or, you know, is potentially, they're potentially still looking to reopen schools after that. But they've, you know, Governor, Governor DeSantis said yesterday on his latest um, news conference that Florida schools are essentially closed for the rest of the year. And they've actually eliminated FSA testing for the year. So the FSA was essentially the testing that 
deems, you know, of course your kids still have to pass their classes, but the FSA was the ultimate piece that kind of deems whether your children would move on to the next grade or not. And so, you know, it's, it's been, it's kind of been a controversial thing in Florida for a long time. You know, a lot of parents hate it and kind of don't think it's fair and have been, it's, you know, it's been something that's been frowned upon for a long time regardless. And it kind of came into play with the whole common core thing which has since been eliminated, but it's still kind of, FSA is still kind of a point and a part of the testing here in Florida. But when Governor DeSantis said that, I know a lot of kids, man, threw their hands up and were like, yeah, because, you know, now it's at the point where you just have to focus on passing your classes. And those kids that were already in good, you know, standing grade-wise, you know, now they've got minor things that they need to do from home and with a little bit of parental help and whatever, they'll be good. And they'll be able to move on to their grades, you know, next year. So, it's, you know, there are definitely some, some positives throughout this whole entire thing. Now, are people dying? Is the economy crashing? Is all this stuff a good thing for us? No, because the reality is that there's a lot of people who are going to lose jobs. There are a lot of people who businesses are going to crush, are going to be crushed because of this, despite the government's attempt at an economic stimulus and everything else. I mean, I saw, I read a, a report today that says that the stimulus package could be as much as $3,000 per family of four. Or, or better, um, which is great, you know, and I, I truly appreciate the fact that they're even attempting to do anything to like reinvigorate, you know, that whole situation for us as, um, you know, citizens of the country. But in the same respect, you know, $3,000 is not going to save a small business that is dead. You know, $3,000 isn't going to bring a small business back that tip, you know, particularly had no other option but to close their doors. You know, $3,000 is not going to be enough to get someone who had a full-time job through potentially months of not of no work. So, you know, I mean, it, it could if you live sparingly and you live with somebody else and you don't have a rent and you don't have, you know, your own, you know, kind of things that you have to pay for. I mean, I could see $3,000 maybe getting single people through for a while, but it doesn't seem like $3,000 is the amount that everybody's going to get. It's looking like that's kind of like a family of four and it's not even guaranteed or certified, you know, in any respect at this point anyway. So we still got a long way to go. I think for that, they're not even talking about checks starting to ship until, you know, the beginning of April. So we got a ways to go, but you know, I just want to encourage you guys out there that if you are someone who works, say in the service industry and you know, you're going through this process and you're beat up and you know, you are suffering and you know, you can't, take care of your family, man, reach out, you know, if any, if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, even if it is, you know, just offering, you know, some cash flow to help, you know, I don't have a lot, but you know, God put us all on this planet to help people and, you know, and to, and to be a light for him. And if that means sending somebody a hundred bucks so they can buy, you know, some food for their family, man, I'm all for it. If it means, you know, helping somebody out with a job, you know, a reference for a job or, you know, something like that, even if I don't know you, I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly, but in times like this, we got to do what we got to do to take care of our fellow man and people that are out there and men and women, you know, of course, and just to be positive lights in a situation that could potentially be hugely, you know, um, destructive to the whole entire, you know, just the whole entire world, essentially. I mean, there's so many countries that are going through this right now that I seriously doubt there's going to be very many countries that go unscathed, you know, from this whole virus scenario. So, you know, we may have some, 
we may have some island nations and stuff like that that may get through this because of because of the fact that they they don't have you know a lot of traffic coming in and out and stuff like that but i think that's really going to be the minimum you know in terms of uh, who are going to sur- kind of survive unscathed throughout this whole thing and who aren't because at the end of the day you know if you're attached to a continent chances are somehow some way you're going to be affected by this by people traveling and crossing borders and you know whatever the case may be we joked around the other day with one of uh you know with uh, with actually the the team from tripping animals where i was like you know when are you guys going to open a speakeasy you know because it, it's funny but you know we kind of you know it's going to get to a point where you know there's going to start being some password and escapes for people because it just you know there's no way that things can stay shut down for very long before people start just going crazy and uh you know, I really pray that martial law doesn't become a thing in the United States. You know, you see a lot of people posting about that. And I'm hoping that we can all remain courteous and responsible enough to say, okay, like we're going to respect our fellow man. We're going to respect the situation. We're going to respect what's going on. And we're not going to, you know, go crazy and, and do things that, you know, we shouldn't do looting and all kinds of stupid stuff like that. You know, it's it's a scary time because I'll be honest. Like I went out the other day to get us some burgers, and there are already a lot of people that don't have anything to do. So you got a lot of high school kids, college kids. You got you know, you got just people in general that are out of work and that are just like, you know, trying to make ends meet and you know doing whatever they can possibly do. And at the end of the day, that leaves an awful lot of people with idle hands. And I don't know if you guys know, you know, the old you know term with idle hands is, you know. Potentially what we talk about with idle hands is that when someone doesn't have something to do, it creates an environment where people do things they shouldn't. So, you know, and I don't want to see our the United States turn into like a hotbed of crime and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on because there's just so many people sitting around with nothing to do, you know. And that's the frustrating part about this whole scenario is... You know, we don't we don't want to get there. And if and if we do get there and it becomes a huge issue, you know, then that's when we're talking about, you know, like martial law becoming a thing. And, you know, the military stepping in and the government really taking over, you know, governing, you know, the people and everything else. And we don't want to get there, man. We don't want people to be to have to be governed by the military, essentially, because they don't know how to behave. And that's something that I can, I'm genuinely, I can say that I'm genuinely worried about because if this goes on for too long and people really do start to lose everything, it's, you know, it could really create some drastic, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's apocalyptic type scenarios. And I just really pray that that, that it's not that time and that we don't start to see these things, you know, kind of unveil themselves here in the United States. So I know, uh, this is kind of short and I'm going to add probably some more to it. I'll probably do some of the actual beer reviews on the back end of this since I couldn't remember the damn names. (laughs) And, uh, but I don't want to just ramble on about the same things over and over again. So guys, I'm going to cut it off here for segment one of episode 47, calling all craft beer. My name is Luke. Later. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? This is segment number two of episode 47. I was driving earlier and had to get 
finished up with the episode here at home. So we got got back to the house, got settled in, and I'm about to open up this uh, Turban Animals Brew Hounds of Hades, a 5% fruited sour from, actually it's a 5%, yeah, sour ale, marshmallow, sweet cherry, raspberries, and boysenberry. This one is their collaboration with Mortalis Brewing. So I'm excited to get this one checked out and crack it open real quick. <clears throat> oh, hold on. Boom. Shagalaga. Oh, that sm smells really good. The color is just serious. Like straight purple haze. I can, like, just cracking the can, I can smell the marshmallow, which is, like, pure insanity. So good. <clears throat> Let's give it a shot. Here, first taste, live on the show. that whew, is delicious now it is a little bit more sour a little bit more tart um, than a lot of their other like sours and and you know and I know it's it sounds comical for me to say it's a little bit more tart but it is and I'm sure it's the tart cherry um, that's kind of giving it that off the chest, off the chest bitterness. You know, cherries and raspberries are inherently a little bit of tart to begin with, and then you got a little twang from boysenberries as well. But the marshmallow really softens it, and oh man, it just tastes fantastic. So glad I have two four packs of that <clears throat> during this lovely quarantine period. So, like I promised you guys earlier. I'm going to hit a couple reviews real quick, and then we're going to just finish off the show with some more bullshit and just me talking about some things of this world. So the uh, I did not have the pleasure of actually trying the first version of Tranquilo y Tropical, which is a sour, a fruited sour that was a collaboration between Trippin' Animals and Jay Wakefield, but I did get a ton of 2.0, which was their second iteration of this, and all I got to say is straight fire. 4.75 out of 5 on untapped. It's 6% ABV. I mean, there are a couple other fruits in there, but it's all strawberry on the head to me. Nice and tart. Nice with a nice sweet finish. Just, I mean, I'm a strawberry fanatic. So this is a strawberry brew if I've ever had one and I'm in love with it. So the next one was one I kind of stumbled across. I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, like a, maybe even just earlier this year, 2SP Brewing out of Pennsylvania um, partnered up with Wawa and used their coffee to create a porter that was pretty hard to come by. Pretty much only was available in like northern Wawa stores. Well, they just came out with Snowbird Reserve Vanilla Porter. This is a 5.8% ABV uh, porter, and it's a collaboration between 2SP Brewing and Coppertail, you know, down here in Florida. So we, we're also using Wawa coffee. So I'll tell you guys this if you're a coffee fan, you will absolutely love this. It is a very thin, very straightforward, 
very just punchy in the face coffee brew with a slight vanilla twang on the back end that just fades super super fast so it literally just tastes like a, cu a cold cup of wawa coffee and i did enjoy it but i was expecting a little bit more a little bit more layers you know um i mean even just looking at the signage you know there the signage inside wawa says 6.6 percent .6 abv so i'm guessing that there's been some some batches of this stuff because the signage inside wawa says 6.6 percent .6 the can says 5.8 and then the untapped um the uh the the page on tap for the beer says 6%, so it's kind of all over the place. But still a good brew overall, and I would definitely, you know, I mean, it could be a morning brew. You know, hey, why not? Definitely something, I mean, as silly as it sounds, it's a, it's a, it's a brew that I could see, like, maybe adding a little bit of, like, sweet cream or two and literally treating it like a morning, like a cold morning coffee. <laughs> um, then we got a throwback from... Uh, Trippin' Animals, which was Twisted Sale. They brought back this uh, fruited sour mangoes uh passion fruit and pineapple and it's this one this version is pretty pineapple forward to me it's another six percent abv and um fruited sour and i enjoyed it i mean loving it definitely a great beer i still have quite a few i think i got a, a whole four pack left in the fridge which i'm looking forward to drinking during this lovely quarantine period um but let's get into hounds of hades so this one hounds of hades five percent five this one's actually real low on the spectrum it's a five percent abv sour ale again marshmallows sweet cherries uh raspberries and boysenberries collaboration with fruit with uh with um mortalis brewing and the can is just badass i mean it's just a three-headed dog looking evil and mean as shit with like a psychedelic green and blue background so definitely gonna be uh peeling one of these labels off and getting it on my uh on my desk here but I mean, even just the smell of the beer, is, it's like intoxicating. Like you smell it and it smells, it smells like a wet marshmallow. <laughs> and I know, uh, you're probably like, what? Well, if you've ever like gone, like used marshmallows to make something like Rice Krispie Treats or something like that, once they kind of get melted and they, and they, and they kind of take on that creamy, you know, almost what you would consider it to be like wet, you know what I mean? That's what it smells like. You get a little bit of the fruit. <laughs> But the marshmallows really take over the the aroma. Um, and then you dive into the flavor, and you're getting, you know, all of it. You know, I get a little bit of cherry. I'm definitely getting some boysenberry. The raspberry flavor is probably the least prominent in terms of the fruits. But that smooth, creamy marshmallow sweetness just, just, no, I don't want to say masks. That's not fair. It, it just blends everything and just smooths the brew out and kind of makes it much easier. It, it cuts the acidity and really like smooths out the overall tartness of the beer to make it easily, more easily drinkable, if that makes sense. And it, I mean, I'm loving it. Wow, that is incredible. So, support small businesses. Now, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, hitting the brewery today, it really hit me as I was standing there watching them kind of going through their stuff. And, you know, this is their livelihood. 
you know, the, a lot of these guys, they don't have other jobs. I mean, I would say, you know, the reality behind craft brew and stuff like that, you know, one of the cool things that I really saw is I actually watched the owner of another South Florida brewery do a live and he was kind of talking about, you know, how the South Florida, you know, craft brew community is such a family that even a lot of the bartenders work back and forth between multiple locations. So he was kind of talking about how, you know, they could come together collectively and, you know, just try to take care of their people because it's not, a, you know, it's, it's easier when it's kind of spread out between multiple places and, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, but yet it, but it still brings people to like, you know, a normal paycheck so they can get by. And it was really cool to hear that. But then you look at guys like the brewers and the people who, you know, manage the breweries and things like that. And believe me, I'm not saying that there's any less of an importance between a bartender, a, you know, bar back, a brewer, anything like that. I'm not saying that. But there are people that, I mean, are, that's their full, full, full-time job. I mean, all they do is brew beer, clean tanks, you know, do all that stuff. And, you know, just like any other job, I mean, just like... The people who lost their jobs, you know, at the NBA that were the ones who worked in the stadiums and I mean, even janitors and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I know it's all over the place. It's not just the service industry. I mean, you know, even in the service industry, they still kind of got to continue working up until the last couple of days when things really started to get shut down and get bad. Whereas, you know, the NBA said, we're done. We're shutting down right now. MLB, we're done. We're shutting down right now. So all those people that were expecting, you know, those incomes and, and to to dive back into those jobs were literally just cut off and, you know, left on the streets for nothing. I mean, and, and, it's, and it, it's terrible. So, but I just want to encourage you guys, man, that, you know, right now, fear can be one thing. You know, we can, we can choose to stay inside and stay away from everybody and not you know, just hide from this whole thing and order our groceries to be delivered to the house and, you know, whatever else. But I encourage you guys, man. I mean, even if it is by delivery, whatever, what's really cool is, you know, it's illegal in a lot of places for like a brewery to deliver their beer to your home and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of the breweries are doing online ordering. You can go online and order, you know, crowlers and, you know, and, and cans, and then you can just swing by really literally, I mean, you can even pay for them online. You can swing in, grab your order and just take off. Like it's not a whole lot. You don't have to interact with anybody. You just walk in, grab your stuff and take off. You know, then on top of that, there are tons of places that are doing food that may not have sit down service, but are doing, you know, delivery to goes, you know, things like that. So I just encourage you guys, man, you know, unless you're one of those people that's in the boat that is struggling financially yourself because of this whole situation and you can't afford to eat out, believe me, I totally understand. But if you're in a situation where you do have extra money, you do have, you know, you make a good income, you haven't been as affected by this whole situation, I really, really encourage you guys that even if you wouldn't normally do it, make it a point at least a couple times a week to support, you know, local you know, local bars, local breweries, you know, local restaurants, whatever the case may be, anything that you can do, do it. You know, if you have a mom and pop restaurant down the street, little, you know, Chinese place, Spanish place, taco place, whatever it is, you know, go take care of them. And even if it's a, it could even be a big name, you know, like I know for a fact, like here we have, we have a Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, that's one of my favorite restaurants around here. And it's, it's, it's privately owned. You know, I mean, they, yes, they're a franchise and it's corporate, but it's a family that owns the place. It's not owned by the, it's not owned by a corporation. So these guys are still people that, you know, 
go day by day, need that income to be able to pay their bills and take care of their people. And as far as I can tell at this point, you know, I've seen some posts here and there about, you know, um, about like um, building owners and stuff like that, like telling people not to pay their, you know, rent for right now to focus on taking care of their, their employees and things like that. But that's few and far between, man. Like I live in an apartment complex and you think my apartment complex is going to just be like, oh yeah, everybody don't pay your rent next month because we know half of you probably weren't able to work. No, man, they're already talking about where you can drop off your rent and where you can pay your bills and where you can do all this stuff because these motherfuckers don't care. And and at the end of the day, the reality is, is that they probably, you know, it's a big enough company that they probably would be, they would probably survive if, even if they cut, let's say they cut everybody's rent in half. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do that because one, they're greedy and two, it's fear. They're afraid that if they do anything like that, that they will put themselves in a tough position and potentially won't be able to continue forward or something will happen and it will just make it harder for them. So it's, you know, it's frustrating because you know that the most greedy sons of bitches at this, at a time like this are the ones who have the ones who, you know, have enough and don't need the extra, the people who are out there on the streets giving back and the people who are out there making sure that they're taking care of small business and they're taking care of, you know, people who aren't, who may not potentially have a job next week are the people who have little. And it's just the nature of being in that position. You know, I don't have a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. My family's lucky and and blessed at the moment that we have money in the bank. Probably the first time I can remember where some type of, you know, catastrophic event or tragedy or whatever, you know, has gone on in our lives. And we actually have an okay income in the bank right now that we can survive, you know, but who's to say that, you know, my wife's job doesn't shut down next week and they tell her, Oh, we can't afford to pay you. You're going to have to, you know, not get paid until we get back to work and you're screwed. Then we're in big trouble because we live in an apartment that costs $2,000 a month for rent. If we don't have, we don't have that money coming in and we don't have food to to take care of our kids, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. So, but in the same respect, the fact that we do have a little bit extra right now makes me want to help. It makes me want to be, you know, go to my local brewery and pick up a couple, couple four packs and toss 20 bucks in the jar to tip the guys and, or whatever the case may be, you know, that it puts me in a position where I want to give back. I want to help. I want to be a positive light in my community as much as I possibly can, because I can't take this shit with me, you know? And if I die tomorrow, then I'd like to know in my heart that I did what I could for those around me to be a positive, you know, personality in my community versus just being somebody who hoarded everything and bought all the freaking toilet paper and bought all the hand sanitizer and bought all the, you know, the soap and hoarded it in my house so that when I pass away, you know, somebody comes in here and, and goes to clean the place out and they're like, damn, this dude's got 36, 36 cases of toilet paper and 400 bottles of hand sanitizer. I mean, come on guys. Like it's just, there's so many aspects to this that really show you the, the, the true colors of people that it's amazing. I mean, you know, we haven't been able to find toilet paper again. You know, my wife's been concerned about it. So she's every time she's gone to the store in the last week, she's looked around just to see if there's, you know, like one extra that maybe we could buy just so we have a little bit extra at the house. You know, because we're at the point now where we have one pack. That's it. Yes, it's an eight, it was an 18 pack. It's probably down to about 12 rolls now. But that's all we got. So if more doesn't get replenished and, you know, let's say 12 more days goes by and we're in this situation, we're going to be, you know, wiping with our hands. And hey, I'm cool with that. I'll, I'll, 
I'll flop, stomp, and flush. I'm, you know what I mean? In in the shower, I don't care. Like I got, if I got, I got to do what I got to do. So the issue is, is that I'm just a uh, frequent pooper. I guess is the best way to put it, dude. I mean, I I eat and I shit thirty minutes later. So the reality is, I I go to the bathroom five, six times a day, and it's normal for me. I mean, I've been like that my whole entire life. So that uh, so I use some toilet paper. <laughs> Right now, I'm definitely wondering, trying to figure out how the three seashells work. So, uh, you know, just to make it a little bit more comical. But in the same respect, guys, you know, respect one another, honor one another, take care of your local businesses, take care of local people, tip a little bit extra right now if you can, you know, and just go above and beyond in any way that you can. Kindness, politeness, you know, on the road when you're driving, be more courteous to people. You know, right now is a time that we as humanity need to come together and respect one another and just care for one another and encourage one another because, you know, two months from now, dude, humanity could be gone and sent in the sense of the 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 camaraderie between people, not physically humanity, but the camaraderie between people. Imagine if things like this keep up and we are two months from today. And we're still in this scenario. We're still confined to our homes. Resources are on short supply. It's going to get nasty. And, you know, so right now when things are still somewhat good, you know, I, I made a little post on Instagram yesterday. I took the dog out for a walk about 10 o'clock last night and I'm walking around. And I'm like, it's so crazy, you know, because you walk outside and everything feels normal. You know, the electricity's on, there's cars driving around, you know, you see the occasional person outside for a walk walking their dog, you know, maybe getting a little bit of exercise, whatever the case may be. TVs are on, you still hear planes flying in the sky. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of normality when you go outside. But it's almost like a quiet chaos, you know, where you know there's so much chaos going on behind the scenes, but we're not at the point yet where it feels like it. You know, yeah, there's been interruptions to our normal routines we're stuck in the house you know you know our local restaurant may not be open our favorite place to go may not be open you know our barber might not be open our kids are out of school you know there's a lot of weird things going on that are you know flip-flopping our days but in the but in the same respect there's a lot of normality here as well and as I spoke about in the first segment you know cling to your family hold on to them get back in the habit of sitting down at the table and having dinner and talking about your day and having fun with your kids and playing with them and teaching them stuff and doing funny videos on, you know, TikTok and online with, you know, just take this opportunity to really, really enjoy your family, your children, your loved ones, your friends, you know, whatever the case may be. And just focus on the positive right now when there's so much negative around us, because the positive is what's going to get us through, man, you know, being positive and you know, being appreciative of what we do have is what's going to make this whole situation bearable, no matter how hard it gets. And it's going to bring us out the other side stronger, more committed, more loving. And it's really going to help, you know, restructure the priorities in our life back to where they should be, which is the love for our families, love for our friends, love for the people around us. And I think it's really going to instill some more respect and dignity in you know, the, the, the human race period, but, you know, even more so here in the country of the United States. So I love you guys. I appreciate you. Please stay safe out there. Follow all those precautions, wash your hands, sanitize, practice social distancing. If you're not feeling well, don't go out, stay home, have somebody else go do stuff for you. 
plenty of delivery services and things like that for you to, to work with so that you don't have to go outside and potentially worry about getting somebody else sick. And in the meantime, stay thirsty, support your local breweries, restaurants, and anything else that you possibly can. We'll see you guys next week for episode 48. Cheers.